Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to episode 21 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including how the trifecta within the education ecosystem is working against our children's interests and parental rights. That's right, George. You know, every citizen needs to understand what comprises the trifecta of the education ecosystem in the U.S. That includes government, unions, and nonprofits. And today we're going to focus on the role of unions in the education system. Um, the unions make up an incredible influence in the United States of America when it comes to education. And the biggest one is the National Education Association or the NEA. Mark, this was an eye opener for me. I remember the first time I heard in 2018 Rebecca Friedrich's talk on this subject. She's a former teacher, a former union representative. Uh, trying to change things around from the inside. And it is absolutely uh, astounding uh, what the NEA uh, does and the power that they have. And one thing for parents to note is that the NEA is the largest union in America. It's the largest union. Their budget is unbelievable. The, the, you know, their revenue in 2020 was approximately $316 million. So this is a huge organization. They have affiliate organizations in uh, every state and in more than 14,000 communities across the U.S. Um, so their influence is unparalleled when it comes to education. Over 3 million members just in the NEA, and we'll talk about another teachers' union called the American Federation of Teachers, which is, again, a separate union, um, but they have over a million members. So altogether, the teachers' unions in America collectively are coming close to about 5 million members. It's incredible. And like any large, uh, well-established, complex organization, they have plans, right? Strategic plans of what they're all about. And I, and I guess um, in the NEA's case, they call it the advance. One instantiation of their strategic plan is the advance racial justice and education movement. Yes. What you will see with the National <clears throat> Teachers Union is that now they have a purpose and a stated goal to bring in critical theory uh, in, in everything uh, you'll see it advanced in the critical race theory arena, in the critical sex theory and gender and queer theory uh, by the way that they are pushing uh, CSE. Um, but all over the place, especially since 
the Black Lives Matter movement started in 2013. The teachers union has been out front with them, um, even protesting with them together. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. They are more and more an activist organization than an organization that cares about education and teachers and students. And they're all about, they're not so much about education in general. They're not, they're not proponents of making sure that students have the best education that's available. No, their, their purview, uh, their goal, all their energy is around public education. Isn't that correct? Correct. They, they despise and hate with a vengeance uh, anything that is other than public school education with they control. And that's the reason, because they can control it. Correct. And so in their strategic plan, they state to secure a pro-public education environment, use all available means, and by that even protests and riots that they've been a part of, including organizing legal, legislative, electoral, and collective action, collective, again, a very Marxist term, uh, to secure the environment necessary to protect the rights of students and educators and the future of public education. So they're not really protecting the rights of students and educators because they're limiting themselves by defining those rights to only public education. You don't have a right to private education. It's incredible, George. And they have, an, they have annual meetings, right? And uh, I remember in 2019... Um, this was notable for the fact uh, that at the end of the meeting, they actually had drag queens come in and they celebrated um, things that we really can't even talk about on the air with children who had showed up for this event. Mm -hmm. So it shows you what their worldview is. And when you talk about their influence and the amount of money that they have going toward what their objectives are, it's it's quite concerning. So at the 2019 annual meeting, what were some of the business items that they voted on? Yeah, so the way the unions are organized is uh, obviously being millions and millions of members, how do they decide how to put together a strategic plan, right? So there is a key leaders at the top who are making decisions. Uh, but they have kind of a Congress, um, which is comprised of about 8,000 members. Mm. So annually, these 8,000 representatives from the local areas meet in a city in the United States, and they have their conference. So in 2019, I believe it was in Houston, and they voted on, I think it was like 160 or 164 business items. And so it's a very, you know, formal approach. It kind of almost looks like they want to be the Congress of the United States. Um, and I actually went through and I read all of the business items. I have a spreadsheet. You're a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah. I have a spreadsheet where I categorized basically what, what these business items deal with. So if they're like dealing with the subject of voting or anti-Trump at that time, if they're dealing with LGBTQ issues or school choice issues or whatever that might be. Mm. And I extracted some of the very interesting ones uh, because one thing that I learned from all of this was that very few dealt with education. 
It's amazing, George, when you look at this list, and I'm, I'm just looking at it now, and I'm, I'm, I'm observing the ones that were adopted by the union, and in, more interesting is the ones that were defeated. So item A on this list is what they adopted is decriminalize illegal immigration. I don't know what that has to do with education, but they saw fit to talk about this and to vote on it. Correct. Correct. They're spending taxpayer dollars, which we are the ones that are funding the unions indirectly, they will say. Right. Uh, because teachers pay out of their dues. Um, but still, what does illegal immigration have to do with education? Nothing. And they illegal immigration, how do you, you you're going to decriminalize that, yeah. right? Yeah. Very, very interesting. But but on the flip side, uh, a measure that they defeated was rededicating itself, the NEA, to focus on students. That was defeated. You can't make this stuff up. Now, business item number two. <clears throat> it was right up front in the voting, followed by business item number three, which was NEA will rededicate itself to focus on teachers, and that was also defeated. Wow. Say what? That's amazing. (laughs) And then we have item 11, update NEA trainings with white fragility concept. In other words, white and white supremacy. Now, I wonder, was that defeated or adopted, given the complexion of the NEA? I would have to guess it'd be adopted. (laughs) (laughs) I think your guess is correct. What about item 22? We we could almost do a Jeopardy with this. We could. (laughs) Item 22, develop constitutional amendment to students' rights to education. Now, this is a very critical one because we just spoke up front about their strategic plan to secure a pro-public education environment. And we now have in the Biden administration, the first lady who is a teacher's union member. And Biden has touted throughout his campaign uh, pre-election that you finally have someone in the White House who understands you. That's what he spoke at at the National Teachers Union meeting. Um, And he was invited there and his wife was invited there to speak. So there are plenty of forces working behind the scene to develop a constitutional amendment to the student's right to education. Now, we know what it's going to be. It's going to be public education only, which then you have to scratch your head and ask yourself, yes. well, what does that do to private education, home school? What, what does it do to everything else? They are intentional about coming after all of those areas of education. And and I want to warn parents, this is Marxism. This is communism. This is what happened in Romania, in Russia, in China, in North Korea, in Venezuela, everywhere. This has to be a key step of taking over the country. I don't think there's any question about it. And, you know, George, this brings up a philosophical question. What is a right? What is the meaning of a right? In the Declaration of Independence, you know, the, the founders talked about the right to liberty, life, and the pursuit of happiness. And these, none of these things uh, require other people 
or organizations to provide a service to you. But as soon as you attach a right to somebody else having to give you something, whether it's health care or education, uh, now you're talking about putting people in servitude. And yet that's exactly what they're doing here. And moreover, they're talking about a constitutional amendment here to a student's right to education. This is very concerning. But this one passed. This one passed, and uh, but item 24 defeated. What was that one? So ludicrous that they even need to talk about this. <laughs> NEA will support and stand in solidarity with McDonald's workers. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, a little levity here. Moving on to item 25, NEA will collaborate and partner with organizations and individuals who are doing the work to push reparations for descendants of enslaved Africans in the United States. Gee, I wonder if that was adopted. And it was adopted. And we are seeing a big push at the state level through their state union affiliates where that's being pushed. For example, here in the state of California, uh, the infamous uh, lady, Dr. Shirley Weber, who passed the California Healthy Youth Act. She, yes. Um, she's been pushing for reparations. She's an African-American lady. So um, she's now, I think, our state secretary, right? Mm-hmm, she uh, is. Uh, okay. So item 56, George, what is that one? Now, this one's crazy. If you thought that the NEA is anything about education, it's not. The NEA vigorously opposes all attacks on the right to choose and stand and stands on the fundamental rights to abortion under Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Adopted. What does this have to do with education? So this just tells you about these organizations. You know, they're, it's called the National Education Association, but so many things that they actually give their energies to have nothing to do with education. It's more about promote, promoting a woke ideology upon our culture. Yeah, so when these kind of business items, the ones that get adopted and passed, here's what ends up happening. Now, out of that $316 million of revenue that they have, they're now putting monies, and a lot of that monies means supporting candidates That's right. who agree with these business items that they pass. So they're putting their, their money behind all of this. So, George, that's the NEA, but, of course, that's not the only union, right? That's not the only educators organization. Uh, there, there's another very sizable one, famous, called the American Federation for Teachers. Uh, maybe we can talk about this a little bit. Yeah, and this one just briefly wanted to mention. I, I haven't gone into researching them in, in depth and their business items, but they were founded in 1916. They represent about 1.7 million members. So they're kind of two-thirds the size of the NEA. Uh, they have 3,000 local affiliates. Their revenue is $214 million. So now at the national level, add 316 with 214, you're like at 530. Yeah. That's a half a billion dollars of taxpayer dollars every year that every year goes to them and they're using to punch parents right in the face. That's right. 
Which brings us to uh, something more local in our backyard here in California, which is the famous or infamous California Teacher Association, the the famous CTA. It has over 310,000 members in 1,100 local chapters, an 800-member state council. This is a huge organization. Yep. And their budgets, even though we're now at the state level, $223 million. So out of a California teacher's salary, $720 per year goes towards the CTA. There's another additional amount that goes to the NEA, and then there is another additional amount on top of that that stays local within the local chapter, which they have about 1,100 local chapters. And like the NEA, George, the CTA uh, does not necessarily confine itself to the interest of teachers or students in the public school system. They also have, uh, they're also, they also can be agenda-driven. Very agenda-driven. And in fact, uh, there's two things I really wanted to highlight here. Number one is last year in their June-July 2020 magazine, Uh, which is called California Educator, Uh, they made that entire cover black. And in the middle, the title was Black Lives Matter. And that whole publication was dedicated to BLM. And uh, we should remind our listeners that BLM was um, uh, founded by uh, Patricia Coolers and Alicia Garza, who have publicly stated that they are trained Marxists. So this is what the CTA's money is going for, prominently in their magazine, Educator. So now if you are a trained Marxist and want Marxism to come to America, you'd have to change some laws in order to do that. And what was interesting, Mark, is I, a, a, a teacher friend of mine uncovered this and sent it to me. And in the Education Code, 44932.A.10, until 2016, that Ed Code, which had been around for decades, stated that grounds for dismissal of permanent employment, if you're a teacher... One of those grounds for dismissal if you, is if you are a member of the Communist Party. That has since been removed. Big surprise. Yeah, so this is a legacy part of the law that uh, was destined for removal, given the politics of that runs the CTA today. Yeah. So, George, uh, but that's not the only uh, organization that's dedicated to California. Uh, what about the California Federation of Teachers? Again, just like you have the NEA and the CTA, you have the AFT and the CFT. Mm-hmm. So the CFT has 120,000 members. Big, big organization. It's yeah. a lot of people. So about a third of the size of the CTA. They have 140 local chapters, and their dues per year is $570 per year. So they're running at about $68 million revenue. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, and and there are still other organizations, right, that that are involved with uh, with education. Uh, of course, you don't hear about them so much anymore. They seem to be a little bit off the radar. Ne- nevertheless, they've been around for a long time. And of course, that's parent teacher associations, or what we know as PTAs. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I you know, growing up in the public school system, 
I always thought fondly of the PTA mm-hmm. because they were the ones that, you know, had the parents come out and do all these activities and we got assemblies like cool BMX bikers coming in. You know, they, they put on all of that. And th- now as a parent, I started researching the organization. And one thing that Rebecca Friedrich talks about in her book, Standing Up to Goliath, is that the CTA has basically converted the PTA to become a slave of it. The PTA is not allowed, according to its bylaws, to publicly go against any stance of Unbelievable. The so there's no independence anymore. There is no independence. One is, an, one is the arm of another. So the CTA really leads the whole unions in America, and then all of these other smaller unions like the PTA, the California, the School Board Association, uh, the School Administrators Association, School Nurse Association, they just all tag along and they go on for for the ride. So I guess it shouldn't surprise us that they actively supported Assembly Bill 329, which is the California, infamously the California Unhealthy Youth Act. I was shocked. I was shocked. When you go into the state legislatures on their website and you look at all the bills and when they pass, there is a section that talks about sponsors. And so it lists all the sponsors. And these are usually entities who place their names there because they are really pushing for this. Mm -hmm. And the PTA went out of their way to put their name on this. And not just that, when we as parents caught wind of AB 329 and started pushing against it, we introduced a separate bill here in California that was uh, SB 673 which was going to provide a degree of transparency to make the curriculum available online. And guess who came out against it? Could it be the PTA? The PTA. Out of all of these unions, strategically, because I know behind the scenes they have conference calls and email trails and they work together, strategically it was decided that the PTA, because... They have parents in their names, right? Uh, that parents should fight back against the parents who are rising up against the healthy youth. Act. It's unbelievable. Uh, just by way of reminder, AB 329 is comprehensive sexuality education, something that we talk against regularly on this program. But the PTA is not the only local organization, right? We have others like the school board associations. Um, and they also now have glommed on to woke ideology in terms of public schools. Uh, the California School Board Association, did they not also support AB 329? They did. It's all public there. And all of these organizations also came together with nonprofit agencies, which we're going to talk about next week, but they're always together. In, in California, the Human Rights Campaign Foundation led an effort to create in 2019 what they call the California LGBTQ Youth Report. Hmm. And that's kind of uh, to, to get the school climate, and you're going to hear this a lot, school climate uh, on um, – you know, how LGBTQ youth feel and are treated at school and what their perceptions are. 
Well, when you go to page <coughs> two and three of that report, you will see plastered every logo of these unions and associations on there. And when I saw this in 2019, I was like, whoa. In order for something like that to happen, there's a lot of talking happening behind the scenes. Uh, every one of these organizations has their strategic plan, so it has to be in line with their value and their mission statement uh, and their uh, vision. This stuff doesn't just happen manually. No, it doesn't happen in a the vacuum. They are well in bed together and coordinated. And there are still yet more organizations, George, like the California School, Nor- School Nurse Organization, the California Association of School Counselors, the California Association of School Psychologists. All of these have their own network, and these people tend to know each other, and they talk, and they, they all tend to be promoting the same worldview. All of them working against parents, and that's where hopefully to our listeners right now, you are hearing over and over this idea. The unions are punching you. These associations are punching you. They, they, they are literally working every single day of the week against our rights. So parents, um, I guess the the people perish without knowledge, and uh, thank you for listening today. Hopefully this has been of value to you. We are going to continue this conversation next week where we talk about nonprofits and how they're involved in school education. But until then, thank you for joining us on this episode of Say What? Take care. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What.